The Holy Gospel is the basis for today's message, and the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold the forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for this morning's message, that gospel lesson recorded in John chapter 20 that Vickers just read for us. Well, believing is seeing, and believing, that is, faith comes by hearing. Hearing the words and the works of Jesus that open our eyes to a whole new reality, a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new way of being. Now, the first followers of Jesus had heard and they had seen the kingdom of God, which is the world put right, coming into the world through Jesus' words and work. They had seen him do things that only God could do. They had seen his compassion and his kindness and his indomitable strength in the face of rejection from the religious leaders. And they had heard him say over and over, I will be arrested, I will be condemned, I will be crucified, and on the third day I will rise again. And yet, not one of them woke up on Easter morning and even had the thought, I wonder if... No one went to the tomb to see if Jesus had, in fact, risen from the dead? 
In the verses just before the scene depicted in our reading for today, we get another camera angle on Mary Magdalene from the one we saw last week meeting Jesus at the empty tomb. Then Peter and John, who were unable to believe Mary's news, rushed to the tomb, found it empty, found the grave claws, those strips of linen that had been wrapped around Jesus, formerly dead body, laying there undisturbed as if he had simply passed through them to all of their unbelief last week. Today, we add Thomas, who for reasons unknown was not present for that first Easter appearance. But his words ring like a clarion bell tolling the truth of our human condition. Because this isn't just a little bit of doubt. This isn't just a a little bit of uncertainty. If you could see the words in the original Greek language, it's even more startling because Greek lets you pile up negatives to add emphasis. And here, Thomas doubles down. I will never, ever believe. And then adds his condition, unless I see and touch. Look, legitimately afraid, those first followers were of being arrested, perhaps perhaps even killed, as we heard in the reading from Acts today when they began to preach the gospel message by these same religious authorities. Now, certainly you know that there are still places like that in the world where you can be killed for your faith. It's not really our problem here, not yet anyway. But one can't help but wonder, what will we do in the threat of harassment or arrest or even death for following Jesus became real to us? God forbid, and yet all the more reason, people, to figure out our fear today. So what is it? Is it the fear of looking foolish I mean, maybe sometimes, because if after all the resurrection is actually true, then you can't stay the same. And the changes in your words and in your actions and in your attitudes won't go unnoticed. And depending upon the circles that you run in, some might give you a patronizing smile and say, well, well, that's all fine for you if you need that sort of thing. Some people do, you know. Others might simply drift away from you. There might even be a few who will openly mock you. Or perhaps, perhaps it's the new fear on the block these days, the fear of missing out. So prevalent in our culture, apparently, that it has earned its own acronym, FOMO. They say that the fear of missing out is what addicts people to their devices with 24-hour news feeds and all of the social media platforms. And yet perhaps even deeper 
is that the fear of following Jesus means I have to give up. I have to walk away. I have to deliberately eradicate my favorite sins. I remember teaching a group of eighth graders the Ten Commandments and and one of them raised their hand and with all sincerity and all honesty said, but pastor, if we follow all of the commandments, we'll never have any fun. Which is an idea emblazoned in foot-tall letters on one of our lunch spots. If you obey all the rules, you'll miss all the fun. But you know what? Underneath all of our fears is an original fear that goes all the way back to the very beginning when God created us male and female in his own image and saw that all that he had made and said it was very good. It was perfectly good. Until the devil whispered a lie in humanity's ears, you can be like God. And after they had disobeyed, now when they heard God coming, they ran and they hid because they were afraid. The first time that word appears in the Bible, afraid of God, afraid of his real face-to-face -face presence in their lives. But fear is the root cause of our unbelief, of not putting ourselves all the way in with Jesus, of not trusting that the one and only thing that we need to live the best life right now and forever is God. So Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Jesus steps through, he penetrates, he enters into the middle of our lives all locked up in fear. And he cuts straight to the chase and he speaks peace and purpose and power into our lives and people faith comes by hearing the words of Jesus. So listen up. First, Jesus speaks peace into our lives. And this peace is not just the absence of conflict. This peace isn't just a little respite from all of the hustle and the bustle of 21st century life. This is the peace that passes all understanding. The biblical word is shalom. And the dictionary says that it is the unqualified well-being of the people of God once the eschatological kingdom has dawned. In other words, it is the bringing of that future end of the world, eschatological, real face-to-face -face presence of God into this moment in time. And that peace of the eschatological, the end of time kingdom, when Jesus comes again in glory, people, is already ours. 
in part right now through faith in Jesus. And it is this peace that every human being instinctively senses is missing and is searching for, usually in all the wrong places. As one pastor put it, every mature person, every person who knows himself or herself knows that when you have dated, when you have gotten a job, when you have married, if you have married, you've been looking for somebody, somebody who's going to satisfy you and you haven't found that person. Even those of you, especially those of you who are happily married, know that you still haven't found the perfect person. Every mature person who understands his or her own heart realizes that you're after something or somebody that you've never found. And for that, you'll have to read the Bible. For that, you will have to go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. For that, you will have to say personally, Jesus, are you the one that I've been looking for? And Jesus says, you better believe I am. And he speaks this peace into our lives that becomes ours by faith, people, and faith comes by hearing. So listen. Because to that piece, he now adds a purpose. We are sent out into the world to proclaim this piece of the kingdom of God, which is the world put right by our every word, our every action, and our every attitude. This is not, as I have told you before, the coming of the kingdom of Wally. This is not the kingdom of insert your name here. It's not the accumulation of wealth. It is not a perfect marriage and 2.2 perfect children. It is not a big, grand, glorious career with a lasting legacy. It's not a cause. It's not a political platform. It's not even a nation. No, permeated by Jesus, we may, in fact, pursue any or all of those things but from a completely new and different perspective. In the words of St. Patrick of Ireland that someone sent me and reminded me of again this week, where St. Patrick said this, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. Our purpose, our purpose unfolds as Jesus and the peace that he gives us drives out our fear and permeates into every nook and cranny of life. It's not forced, 
doesn't come off as proud and condescending. It's simply who you now are by faith. And it may well annoy some folks and intrigue others because it's the life of freedom and of joy and of sacrifice and renewal. Jesus speaks purpose. Jesus speaks peace and purpose. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Finally, he speaks power into our lives. And we are once again swept back to the very beginning of the story when God created us male and female in his own image, formed us, the Bible says, out of the dust of the earth and then breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. Now, in my mind, I've always pictured two perfectly sculpted clay mannequins, masterpieces of divine art, And then the miracle, the breath of God, which, by the way, is the same word as spirit. He breathed into them his spirit, and they became living beings. That's the life that we lost, but now is found. As forgiveness is spoken... The Holy Spirit rushes in once more and breathes new life into your lungs. And if you look at carefully, this is more than just personal assurance that your sins are forgiven. This is actually the beginning of a community of accountability. If you withhold the sins of any, they are withhold. Now, you know what that is? Well, it's not standing on a street corner shouting judgment and damnation on the evils of the world. It is the development of relationships with fellow believers of Jesus in which we are transparent enough to let one or two others see where we are struggling with our sin and allow them to challenge us, to encourage us, to change, to grow To become more today the person that Jesus died to make possible for us to be. It's doing life maybe with a believing spouse who you trust wants you to be the redeemed version of you that you can be. And as hard as it is, Letting them point out the places that you need to work on. It's developing working friendships with someone who is ahead of you in their life of faith and someone who is behind you and sharpening one another. As the Proverbs put it, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Look, Jesus speaks peace and purpose and power into our lives. Your sins are forgiven. New life is breathed into you again today. And faith forms in us and it grows a little more. No, why settle for a little? A lot more today. Now Thomas 
is a case study for us to close with in our unbelief. He was absent. And so I have to ask, are you here this morning? Fully? Really? Truly present? What are you afraid of? For Jesus to speak his peace and purpose and power into your life? We have to be present, not not just here, but also out there in relationship with other believers because faith is not a solo act. Look, Jesus never gives up on you. Eight days later, which happens to be the first day of of the new week, today, you might say, is the first day of the rest of Thomas's and yours and my life. And here comes the peace and the purpose and the power carried by the Holy Spirit rushing into our lives. And transformation is what occurs. My Lord, that is my King, my Commander, my Master, my Ruler, When Jesus speaks his peace and purpose and power into you, people, you cannot stay the same. And the new life of faith is always a work in progress. I challenge those who were here last week to go home today, identify a habit, a way of talking or a way of thinking that you know is not good for you or for anybody else for that matter. And intentionally seek to remove it from your life. How'd it go last week? (laughs) A new week lies before you. Transformation. My Lord and my God. God is the only source of true happiness and true security. He is the only thing that I need to be truly alive. And we turn around again this morning to face God and we find him not standing angrily judging us, but with his arms outstretched to sweep us up into his embrace again. Now, our English translations put Jesus' response to Thomas in the form of a question, but it's really more of a statement of fact for Thomas and then for us. You, Thomas, believe because you have seen, and that's good. Because you now are the patron saint of those who will come after you. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. To be blessed, to be blessed is to experience the real face-to-face presence of God that you were originally created to, to have without interruption. For you to have it, Jesus speaks peace that passes all understanding, purpose, sent to live out the new reality of life in the kingdom of God through the power of the Holy Spirit who is working the power of forgiveness in you day by day. We are blessed. Those who have not seen and believed, we are blessed. Stop unbelieving. 
and believe. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith and a life everlasting. Amen.